I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Every episode we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today we have what I consider a Twitter expert, and meme king, uh, Jesse McLaren, on the show. Jesse, how are you today? I am okay. Oh, just okay. But I'm I, good. I appreciate your honesty. It is. Uh, it's you're in L.A. I'm in New York, so it is early. It's it's like ten fifteen a.m. there. I think. Yeah, it's not that. I mean, it's a Saturday, so that's extra early. That is, and I appreciate you being up. Um, you've had some coffee, I think, so you'll be extra jittery, which I always appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I decided I really wanted to have, uh, Jesse on because he's one of my favorite, uh, people to follow on Twitter. Um, you might know him as, is it Mick Jesse? Yeah. Did you just say Fowler? Did I say father? No, follow. No, Fowler. Fowler? Oh, follow. Follow. <laughs> yeah. You're one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Uh, yeah. And, um, I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like one of the times that I saw you sort of, I don't know, kind of blow up to a level I haven't seen is a particular tweet uh, you did about Ariana Grande, uh, which I have uh, in front of me right now, um, and it's sort of parodying uh, the cover of, what is it, her single? I don't know. But she's sitting on a chair with her legs up, and you tried to recreate it. Um, I've done the research, and there's no way her ass is sitting on that stool. Would you say that's, like, is there a meme that you've created that probably you feel like was your sort of 
your greatest performing or um, where does this Ariana Grande tweet fall on that scale? Yeah, I think it would be that one for sure. Uh, that's the Ariana Grande thing was the only thing that like really branched out outside of Twitter where they were like doing it on like Good Morning America and the talk. And then like it was like in magazines. And I remember my mom texting me that she was reading about it in a magazine in a hair salon. <laughs> and then she sent me the magazine. Yeah. Aw. I'm sure, I mean, she probably, I was going to say she probably has it framed or it's, it's in a clipping uh, somewhere in her house right now. She ripped the page out and she mailed it to me. Aw. And I have it. Would you say... It was in style or in touch. <laughs> would you say that tweet was sort of the most publicized? Yeah, there was that and there was a... I did a thing where I put um, Pennywise the Clown into my sister's engagement photos, like... That's right. Around the same time, I think. And that one was, uh, they really like wanted, like, I think morning TV shows really wanted to interview us. Mm-hmm. And then so I ended up, <laughs> my sister didn't want to be on TV, like oh. understandably right after that. That's funny. So then um, I ended up like on some Australian morning show, <laughs> like Skyping in <laughs> without my sister. I was like, yep, I did that. Right. It's not about her. It's about, it's about the tweet. <laughs> about me <laughs> not about the wedding um yeah uh, yeah so i actually have uh, a few of my favorites um that you did i really liked or actually you sent me a few too oh hillary doing the macarena i think i remember this one hillary doing the macarena yeah, that... yes go ahead yeah, that was like, I just sent that because that was the first thing I made. Uh, that was when I was, I was working at BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. And it was like the first thing like I found. Um, uh, our, that was like the, uh, uh, an early lesson I learned in like pop culture and like um, around the election in 2016. This was during the week of the, um, it was right after the RNC mm -hmm. when Donald Trump was the candidate. And do you remember like, it was like a whole whole mess where like, um, Ted Cruz wouldn't like say outright I support uh, Donald Trump and there was like a lot of drama yeah and it just felt like the world was going completely insane absolutely um, and then at that point like Hillary had pretty much like like uh, been the only person besides Bernie Sanders that people were really like making content about or digging things up about and I remember just sitting down and going on cspan.com and just watching all of the 1992 and 1996 <laughs> DNCs. Uh -huh. And they're each like four hours long. C-SPAN has really great footage that you can just watch through. And in the middle of it, the Macarena starts playing. And I think it was the 1996 one. Mm -hmm. And like Hillary's doing the Macarena and it's complete insanity. And I was like, how after like over a year of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump being like the number one news item, has no one found this? And it's yeah. like perfect quality. It Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that was like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm curious because I remember, so uh, Jesse and I overlapped uh, listeners at, uh, at BuzzFeed. Uh, and I guess I'm just curious because, you know, obviously you – you you tweet a lot. Would you say you're a person with a short attention span or not? Like where, I, I it's it. I constantly think for the people that are really good on Twitter and just like you know today you sent me um, or yesterday you sent me 
the Cheers intro with Pennywise uh, just thrown in there. Um, can you tell me wh- like what you were doing when that idea even popped into your head? Yeah, I definitely have a super short attention span. Like, it's bad. <laughs> um, and I was watching Cheers, because I love Cheers on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. I think that's not just during the theme, just thinking, Pennywise the Clown should be in there. Mm-hmm. because Why not? It would just make sense, because it's in New England, uh-huh. and that's where the clown was. And in the movies and in the the stories, the, the book, oh. um, mm-hmm. It's always described as them finding like old archival stuff and then finding the clown in in the background or evidence of it. Mm-hmm. So seeing all these like old archival New England photos of people at a bar, yeah, yeah, it I made mean, sense. It, well, and then I wrote it down in my notes on my iPhone. Yeah, the the other thing too, and I feel like it's it depends on on the the tweeter themselves, but I will say it was well done. Like I was I was watching it and I thought. So he had to have done this in Photoshop, I'm guessing. Like it was, you know, Pennywise himself was uh, very finely matched color-wise into each shot, I noticed. Yeah. So I don't, I, it, I mean, yeah, no, go ahead. That part takes, yeah, that's where the short attention span like works against me. So yeah. like having, having the idea and writing it down on my phone and then um, I have a full-time job and we started a break on that the day I made that. Mm -hmm. So for a few days before I'm like, when my vacation starts, I'm going to sit down (laughs) on Photoshop for like four hours and do this thing. Do you ever, is, are are there ever times where like you do come up with an idea and and it takes so long. And so at some point during, while you're creating a thing, do you ever go, actually, this is a bad idea and stop, or you just go all the way always. Uh, I don't know. Usually the bad idea happens like right after I post it. And then I realize <laughs> no one cares about this. That happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, uh, two days ago, right after the, during the, uh, democratic debates, I like made a too many cooks video with like every candidate Love and it. it took like forever. Cause I had to get like a little piece of footage of each of them mm-hmm. and then match the font of too many cooks. And then like I posted it and everyone's like, this is stupid. Now, the people that said this is stupid, were they? Because I yeah. I wouldn't say you're like a particularly political twi- tweeter. Like, and, and I say that mm. knowing that you did the Hillary Macarena thing, but I think that there's a difference between like people talking about, what's her name? Um, oh my God, the, what's the name of the woman who was just in that Democratic debate who's crazy and everyone would not shut up about her? Mary, Mar, well, Mar- that depends how you define crazy. Oh, sure. Okay. I think she has some interesting points. <laughs> well, and you could put me on record as a supporter. Right. Okay, great. So I mean, make... I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Ma- also, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson. Right. Yeah. Now, now, what I thought was interesting about the, like, the internet response to her was there, you know, it wasn't anything about like I didn't when I was looking it wasn't like people are ta- like you're not a person I would say you're talking about people's policies it's more like you're making sort of uh observations uh, uh like on you know things on the surface not necessarily like I don't like this person's policy the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because I'm curious if as a person who does a lot of um tweeting and stuff do you ever get like hate tweets from people 
because I feel like depending on the content you get, it's going to it's going to be very different. If you're like I feel like people that are, you know, talking more about politics and the, the nitty gritty are going to get a lot more hate than you. I would but I could be wrong. So am I? Wrong? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff, maybe most of the stuff I make is in the world of politics, but it's not um, like too intensely political or it doesn't bum you out, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's why a lot of the things I do, like when, you know, Sean Spicer was the uh, press secretary and, you know, it felt completely insane, you know, the way he behaved and everything just felt weird. And we're getting used to everything. Um, you know, like I did something where it was like green screening his he, he wore a green tie one day, like the fourth day in or something. Mm-hmm. And just green screening his tie sure. was like enough to like, you know, give people some kind of release of oh, something yeah. to absolutely you know it was oh it's a way of making fun of someone without having to like scream I don't know oh yeah absolutely and actually one of my favorite things was while you were at um at BuzzFeed I would call it a meme it was I think you and a bunch of other people at BuzzFeed uh eating mayonnaise and it was Tucker Carlson you just took a bunch of clips of Tucker Carlson and I forgot what was it (laughs) What was like? Oh yeah, the... it was uh, Tucker. Yeah, go ahead. I remember what you're up. talking about. Yeah, it was. Twi- Buzzfeed was launching a Twitter show, so they needed like they they needed an account to like I think. Uh, what was it? Oh yeah, so Buzzfeed was launching a Twitter show called AM to DM, and they needed to make an AM to DM account. They wanted to get as many followers as possible in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I had an idea for a while that I wanted to do, which is Tucker Carlson looks at all his guests like they're eating mayonnaise <laughs> straight out of a jar. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like taking the clips of him when he's like staring at his guests, talking with like that open mouth kind of befuddled look. <laughs> and then overlapping the person on the other side of the split screen with just someone eating mayonnaise out of a jar. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And so yeah. we took a bunch of, yeah. See, it wasn't real mayonnaise it was pudding, but yeah. Oh, nice. Um, it looked, it looked, I really thought you guys were eating mayonnaise. So I feel like that, that tweet and the, and the Hillary tweet to me are good examples of like, if I were Tucker Carlson or Hillary, I could chuckle at that is what I'm saying. I mean, like yeah. if I saw that and I was in one of your memes, I, chances are, I don't think I would be offended. I feel like there are always, there's like a level of playfulness to like, everything that you do that isn't like mean-spirited if that makes sense yeah i try to ground things in reality mm-hmm. or uh or something objective so like the observation that undeniably that face you're making looks like you're fucking watching people eat mayonnaise <laughs> because when we put someone eating mayonnaise there it's extremely clear that it, it works exactly. you know Oh, so like it's not just like putting devil horns on someone kind of thing mm -hmm, where mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. even if someone is you think legitimately like evil or terrible, Mm -hmm. it's I don't think it's enough to just do that. I think you have to point out some objective um, problem with their logic or or, or something they've done in the past that contradicts what they say or, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Did you start making stuff on Vine? Like, did you start making stuff on, on something else before Twitter? Yeah, I used to, like, just have fun on my own Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, just for, like, my friends and that kind of thing. And then there's a job opening at BuzzFeed, and I, 
and I forget what year it was, probably like uh, 2015, I think, 2014. But there was this opening at BuzzFeed. They're starting this team that was supposed to just experiment on social media to see what does well. Mm-hmm. And um, and they needed someone who does video. And I had worked in TV, and I made a lot of videos on my own Instagram just for fun. Mm-hmm. So I applied to that, and I ended up joining this team. And at that time, because it was like 2015, the main focus was Vine. Right. So my first job at BuzzFeed was kind of like just making Vines all day and um, seeing what works, oh. seeing like what do people respond to, what do people share a lot. Okay. Would you yeah. would you say from there, like that's when people started to, I mean, strangers, not just your friends, started to take notice, like of of your of your work of your Twitter account. I think it was the the, the first thing I had that like most of the things I did were just for BuzzFeed, not under any kind of byline or anything. Oh, so like, I gotcha. it would just be like BuzzFeed's Vine, BuzzFeed's youtube or whatever mm-hmm. um but it was great i got a lot of freedom to just make whatever and i learned a lot creatively in that time but um i, was, I think it was that hillary clinton doing the macarena thing which is why I, I wanted to like that was one of the first things that i made and then the people at buzzfeed were like yeah this isn't really for us <laughs> <laughs> and i was like really and then they're like yeah i mean I think it was like the the news department at the time. We're just like, yeah, that's not really like news or whatever. So I was like, all right. And I ended up just posting on my own Twitter, knowing I was like, this is going to get attention. Uh huh. <laughs> so then you. And then that was like, yeah, and that got me a lot of Twitter followers. That kind of like started me like getting people actually following me to find stuff like that. Sure. I mean, I would imagine if I were a person. Uh who was uh, a meme master, a Twitter, a twi- somebody with a lot of Twitter followers, that, you know, being able to just randomly post stuff is great. I think there would be, and it sounds like it was the right fit at the time with BuzzFeed where they, were, they weren't necessarily, like they said, this isn't for us, but it sounds like you could really do whatever you want because I think it would be a lot of pressure if you had to sit down and go like, all right, let me think of some tweets. Like it seems like you're, what you're doing is like very organic. It's not like, you're like, all right, I need some tweets and I need to make them about Hillary Clinton. It sounds like. It was, yeah, although yeah. sometimes it is like that yeah. um, because there's, you know, if there's a big cultural event that everyone's eyes are on, like sure. MTV, like at the time, like the MTV Video Music Awards or something at BuzzFeed, it's like our audience pays attention to this and we should make things about it as it's happening. Mm-hmm. So like during times like that, we would have to like start building that muscle of like, can you just make something quickly? Sure. But for the most part, yeah, like the things that I've made that have been super successful and I'm proud of um, came up kind of organically of just be daydreaming, spacing out and then, and then making something. Yeah. No, I would say that's... Um the gift of having a short attention span sometimes is that there's probably, mm-hmm. and I also have a short attention span. So there's just things constantly popping into your head all the time <laughs> that you just don't even know where <laughs> they come from. I, I mean, I also, um, I mean, a lot of this stuff um, like Pennywise and, and, uh, and cheers, a lot of it comes from having watched a lot of TV growing up. So I feel like this is a good time to ask you uh, sort of what is your, history with uh Frasier if any because I you know obviously uh I want to talk about it a little bit um 
I know yeah. you, you mentioned that you're a Cheers fan, but yeah, what is, um, if any, have, did you ever at any point in your life catch the reruns? Check it out on Netflix. Okay, I'll give you a timeline. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I would fall asleep to Cheers mm-hmm. um, because I had my sister and I had a TV that played, we, I guess Cheers was on by the time we'd go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that might have done something to my psyche, just that theme song. Um, so that's that's the beginning of it all. Gotcha. And then I never really got into Frasier until like very recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a roommate uh, after college, my first, like when I moved to New York and had my first apartment, I was sharing a, an apartment with three other people. And one of our roommates would just watch Frasier in our room and laugh so loud, like, <laughs> through the walls you just hear this laughter constantly like, and it was just like this booming laughter and we'd like then she'd leave her room and like go to the bathroom and go get a glass of water and we'd be like what are you watching in there and she's like i'm watching a fraser and we're like fraser is that funny and she's like yeah that's so funny Who and that's when she? i first got interested yeah Wow, you're gonna have to give me her name after this, and then I can tell her to. Oh, watch. I will definitely give you her name. She would love to talk about Frasier, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I think what's really fascinating about Frasier now is, I mean, I did grow up watching a lot of sitcoms. Um, Frasier was definitely up there, like when it was on. And I will fully admit, I definitely didn't understand why I thought it. Like, I thought it was funny um, when it was on. Because I thought it was funny that he was like not British, but like spoke like he was British when I was a kid, and then more recently yeah. think like, oh wow, there's some really great writing on on this show. Um, but also, I do think that because it's on Netflix now, it's definitely gotten uh, a second life. Um, and this brings me to Weird Fraser because I feel like Seinfeld uh, definitely had a, a sort of second internet life with like. Seinfeld 2000, modern Seinfeld. Um, and I feel like Frasier's having its own moment right now. I just, I'm going to throw some mm-hmm. examples up at you. You And this might be the first time you, you hear of them. So one of my favorite uh, Facebook groups um, is Frasier shitposting. Um, I think there's, there's many shitposting <laughs> uh, sort of uh, Facebook groups for, for other shows, but they're very sort of explicit in like, you know, this is where we're sort of weird. We're not, this is not Frasier Fan Club, which is another Frasier Fan Club on Facebook that I am also a part of. And it's really fun yeah. to just go back and forth between those two groups because uh, Frasier posting gets so weird and I love it. And then Frasier Fan Club has this more, you know, cheery sort of, um, this is this is where I um, saw recently uh, that two people who met in Frasier Fan Club are now married. Um, and I am going to find them and try to get them to be on this podcast. Um, there's Do you think a, they'll name their baby Fraser if they have one? I mean, I don't or know. Fate. I think there's there's some interesting names to choose from. I don't. I just I've never met anyone else. Two on the nose. Two on the nose. I've also never heard the name Fraser anywhere else. Have you? Yeah, that's another. I was thinking about this yesterday, completely randomly. <laughs> um, I've like. Yeah, where where are there other Frasers? I There's none. don't know. Niles, I've definitely because heard, I, yeah. but not Frasier. Because Frasier on Cheers was like, he was, it's like they, keep, they kept having to have a new Frasier. Because when the show like started, it was like, 
this bar where everyone's kind of like working class and then you have Diane the waitress and she's um sophisticated and she likes the finer things and she's kind of pretentious and mm-hmm. it like it works for the story to get her you know to take someone to the opera and then, you know yeah and then all of a sudden it was like she got too kind of dumb <laughs> hanging out with everybody so then they have to add like and here's Frazier he's like really snooty absolutely and then like Frazier goes through his whole like Diane breaks up with him and then he ends up just like becoming a barfly and then it's like here's Lilith she's super snooty mm-hmm. and it became this chain of snootiness the, the name Frazier is the ultimate like who can we make that's more snooty than Diane who will really be fun to like it feels like Frazier's almost a name made up for that I mean I I wonder that because I've never heard the name like anywhere else like I only know the name Frazier from the show Frazier and I can't think of any other names right now off the top of my head that I've never heard of before except on Frazier so I think uh, like Cher maybe Cher Cher mm, no there's a lot of Cher yeah I've, I think I met a Cher I think I've I've met maybe one Roz in my life Roz exists somewhere I would say for to me it's a a more rare name and I've definitely heard Daphne and Martin Niles I definitely What about Niles? Niles so not no. Niles I associate yeah. with um the nanny because the butler on the nanny is named Niles who acts a lot like Fraser and kind of talks like Fraser and looks like Fraser. Can I have a I'm speaking a short attention span. Can yeah. I interject for a second? Go go for it. Why did they need a nanny if they had a Niles? <laughs> um I can t- I Can I, we talk about that? That's the elephant in the room. This guy has a butler, but he needs someone to help take care of his kids. That's right. That's what happens when you're rich. That's extremely, yeah, that's insane. I think, like, The Nanny uh, is one of my favorite shows because I like that they've got, like, anytime now I see a show that has snooty people that feel like they could be British, I immediately think of Frasier. So to me, the thought that you've got your Frasier world mixing with not just your everyday folk, but your Jewish folk, and I am Jewish. I'm I'm half Jewish. Okay, so me too. But question is, what side are you Jewish? If you ask my mom, it's full Jewish. Oh, exactly. So my mom's full Jewish. So that means you and I are both full Jews, no matter what we do. Yeah. So I, I just, that's what I love yeah. about Judaism. Back to the nanny for a second. Uh, yeah, so I like the idea of uh, sort of uppity people uh, sort of having to mix with people that are nothing like them. It's just ripe for for humor, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think... And that's why, like, Frasier has, like, the Martin character works right. so well. Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, Frasier versus Cheers. Cheers, to me, was, you know, and I will fully admit to you that, like, no, I have not watched Cheers all the way through. I've watched the pilot. I've watched some of the Frasier-specific episodes, like, where there's an episode where you meet Frasier's mother, Hester, and it's absolutely fascinating to me that Hester on the show, I don't know, have you seen every episode of Cheers? I I binged it last year, but my brain is bad. That's okay. So I'll just tell you. <laughs> but that I think she didn't. She wasn't she crazy. She's crazy. She tries to. Um, she threightens Diane's. She has life. a gun, right? She has a gun, and so when you see her. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, she's dead in Frasier. So um, you see her, like Rita Wilson plays, there's a there's a whole episode of Frasier where Frasier dates a woman who looks exactly like his mom when she was young, played by Rita Wilson. And then later on in the show, you see uh, Rita Wilson as like a ghost as, as Frasier's mom. Um, and she's like, definitely not crazy. Uh, like the uh, like the 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 portrayal of her on Cheers, so it's very interesting. Also, fun fact: Martin, aka John Mahoney, um, is also on Cheers in one episode as like a bar patron, uh, fully not. Oh wow! Yeah, that so makes sense. yeah. I just I just love when weird stuff like that happens. I think there's it's yeah. Screwed up with the Diane. I'm gonna say that Diane um, was a much better character on Cheers and when she came back to Frasier it was like so mean to the character yeah you think so where she, yeah where she was just like pathetic and she was um conniving and she you know where she was like putting on that play yeah of course also both of those I mean there's two that I know of also my uh my fiance watches um Frasier obsessively I'm watching Cheers so that's <laughs> That's a little window into our relationship. Interesting. But, okay. A Frasier yeah. Cheers home. I mean, that makes sense to me. She's the it more works. she's make it more work. uppity and British and you're more like everyday man. Likes a nice beer at mm. the end of the day. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. <laughs> but she um she will be watching Frasier, so if an episode peaks my interest, I'll stop and watch it. Love and, it. like, anytime there's someone from Cheers, obviously. Of course. It's a big night in our house. Absolutely. Um, so, and I noticed, like, the two episodes, are, I'm, there's a lot of episodes, but two big ones where they, like, try to um, really make, like, a Cheers episode mm-hmm. is the one where they're in the airport and there's, mm-hmm. like, a Clips retirement party, which for no fucking reason is an airport. Yeah, but um, you can tell they find these creative ways to recreate Cheers without having to build the set or like commit too much. Absolutely, or maybe even cross over intellectual property because it's like (laughs) we're gonna be we're at this airport bar that is set up exactly like the Cheers bar, but with folding tables, (laughs) and and everyone's gonna sit where they sit in Cheers, but like, and then um, the other one was Diane throwing that play, Mm -hmm. and it. And it's like a set that looks like the cheer set, but it's small and it's on a stage. Right. It's just so funny. Um, I actually, something you said in an email stuck out to me because this is part of the reason I love sitcoms. Um, but you said, I love Cheers um, because the characters choose to be there, even if it's kind of a sad place, unlike The Office and Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, I fully agree with that and I uh I don't know if this comes from me being an only child but there's something very comforting about like Frasier's a good example I mean you know Friends I wouldn't say has stood the test of time uh in terms of you know home you know being homophobic and and many other things but I will say there is a like a fantasy element to a show like Frasier or Cheers or Friends that I feel like for some people would be frightening. But for me, I think, wow, it, it would be so fun if like you just got to hang out with like the same people you love like every day in the same place. <laughs> like I feel yeah. like there's something very Black Mirror-esque about that if it could actually happen where you just woke up and you were inside your favorite show and you couldn't leave. But I probably wouldn't mind. <laughs> I'm the same way. I wouldn't mind at all. And like I hate any kind of change oh. the worst, you know, like moving yeah. out here. And when I when I moved out here is when I started binging Cheers. Uh-huh. That's like when I got like obsessively. It was the only thing I watched. Like yeah. we we're 
out in a new apartment on a cardboard box and like a folding chair mm-hmm. just watching Cheers. Right. You and can... yeah, I think there, there's something too. It's sad. It's a sad place. They're like at a bar during the daytime with no windows. Yeah. Um, and their lives are kind of sad, mm-hmm. but they all choose to go to this place. And yeah, and I think that's part of why I think Fraser is in the other camp where I don't find a show like depressing or anything, but it's just the fact that it takes place somewhere where the characters are kind of stuck a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Cafe, turns it off to me. Cafe Nervosa and Fraser's apartment, I would say, is where it goes back and forth. But actually, um, bringing up something you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, which I would love to get into. So f- I would say Cheers and Fraser are both iconic shows with their own followings. But then you've got a show like Frasier, which I, I call Weird Frasier now. It does have this second life of being recontextualized, put in T-shirts. Like I have two T-shirts, two Frasier T-shirts. One is a Frasier. It says Frasier, but in the font of Sega. And then I have another shirt that I have seen other people wearing this shirt. It's the guy from Eraserhead, but it's Frasier's face and it says Frasier head. And it's very weird yeah. and nonsensical. So, but Cheers, I would say, I, I don't, there is no weird Cheers so I'm curious, um, what do you think uh, is sort of the the, the qualifications or, or what's necessary to make a show to be taken to this next, like, weird internet level? Uh, yeah, I th- this is something that, like, I've actually thought about a lot because being on that experimental team at BuzzFeed where my job was just make things for social media and see what people respond to. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, TV shows that, are pieces of pop culture in general that everyone knows and everyone has seen, but that people just don't like sharing on the internet. Mm -hmm. And there's not always a clear reason why. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a bizarre thing. It's like when I started, I was, I tried to make Simpsons things when I started. Okay. And because I was like, Simpsons, I was just like trying to think of like, what's a show that everyone knows from pop culture that would be fun to make some things about. And there's, like, no Simpsons content then for some reason. Hmm. And then now, like, a few years later, all of a sudden there's a lot of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a very niche thing to talk about. But, like, um, I think part of what makes something have a second life on the Internet or just in pop culture is, like, one, do people want to associate themselves with it mm-hmm. for whatever reason? Is it cool? Is it... Um, what does it say about you to say, I'm, I like this show. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's some things like Seinfeld, even though it had that Seinfeld 2000, mm-hmm. the Seinfeld 2000 was more about like the, like, you know, you know, I think, I think Michael Richards basically made Seinfeld just kind of like, meh. like people didn't really want to associate themselves with anything with Michael Richards in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think like something the way that people expressed that they like Seinfeld was like through Seinfeld 2000, which was like a lot of text that was in the in the in the voice of Seinfeld mm-hmm. and yeah. jokes about modern day, but it was less a little less like just sharing gifts of the show and that kind of thing. Right, right, right. right. And I think Frasier is a show that's um, from that time period that was super popular that isn't uh, on the scale of problematic isn't the worst you know that's true um yeah so and i think that so that's one reason why i think people 
I like identifying with Frasier. I think also Frasier probably lived on in some kind of, you know, another thing like why is Frasier in this world and not Cheers? Um, you know, you never know, but I think part of it is maybe Frasier was on streaming early. I think Frasier oh. was on Netflix pretty early. Yeah. And I say this because of my roommate who would laugh so hard you'd hear it through the wall. And that was like <laughs> 10 years ago. So, um, wow. Wait, was Netflix yeah, around so 10 I, years ago? I don't know. <laughs> they were shoot. I don't even know. I feel like I've been watching it on Netflix forever. And then I'm like, wait, no, I haven't. Or like, oh, I've had a cell phone forever. And I'm like, no, I haven't. Like we, we existed before these things. And I just, I struggle to remember what it was like all the time. <laughs> I wish there was a way to Google this. But I, I, I think that either, either way, at that point, Frasier was re- easily available somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think it's also, it's not just, is this something people want to associate with? Is it, is it available? Does everyone recognize it? Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing. Like, you know, SpongeBob is probably the biggest piece of pop culture that has been recycled into like the internet and like oh. everything, you know? Interesting. Um, I think it just spans a wide generation. If there's an innocence about it, you're not, whatever. Um, but think about the amount of SpongeBob memes that have been made from both like. You're right simple little ones to like really deep weird internet meme kind of stuff yeah yeah that's true i never um, even thought about that wow yeah like spongebob is like and and it's consisted for a long time like um you know when the lights go out at the super bowl there's like some people post spongebob memes referencing some specific moment from some episode and even if it's like just a picture from a specific scene people will get it and share it people so, um, so here, you know, here, probably associate it with their childhood. And... Yeah, here's a theory. Um, I never thought I would have these two shows be in the same sentence, but I think perhaps part of the reason a show, uh, SpongeBob and Frasier, uh, might be sort of memed a lot is because unlike Cheers, I would say, like SpongeBob and Frasier, after the fact, I think, or like a show like Pete and Pete. I think after some time has gone by, some people have sat back and thought, wow, this was a really weird show. Like sometimes that's yeah. what I think about. Like Seinfeld for me as well. Like Seinfeld, um, I, my most specific example I can think of, because I, I don't know what camp this puts me in, but I was a really big fan of like like the, the last, uh, I mean, I love Seinfeld, but the last like three seasons I really liked. And there were certain times where, I feel like the show recognized that it was in this other universe. Um, and I, yeah. I feel the same way about Frasier. I do. Where it's just there's like a level of, of, of absurdity, I think, um, that has carried through time and perhaps, you yeah. know, contributes. Like SpongeBob, I never really watched. But sometimes when I think about it too hard, I'm like, I don't understand. It's a sponge that is alive. Like, I, I don't <laughs> and I never watched it because I didn't have cable yeah. so that's why like sitcoms are what I know because I didn't have cable growing up so I'm not in on any of the Nickelodeon jokes totally <laughs> yeah yeah I'm the same boat really you didn't um, have cable either yeah oh. no I didn't have did you, I like yeah do you remember that show two stupid dogs that was clearly a ripoff of Ren and Stimpy for kids who didn't have cable uh what channel was it on do you know it was like on like 
you know, like Channel 7 or whatever, you know. Now, I don't. It's like, it's like a Saturday morning. However, now I'm wondering, like, I don't know what channel Pokemon was on. But when I was a kid, I watched Digimon. And I believe mm. Digimon is a ripoff, I think, of Pokemon. And now I'm starting to think, oh, was Digimon for kids that didn't have cable? I'm not sure. But um, I, I, def- but, I definitely oh, have a, you, yeah. yeah. I have a weird catalog of, of shows that, like, only lasted one season because they were on, like, NBC. Like, one that comes back into my yeah. mind a lot is this show called Working, starring Fred Savage, and that only lasted one season. There's a lot of I do shows. not remember that, but, yeah. There's a lot of shows. Do you remember a show called Greg the Bunny? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greg the Bunny. So, there's Greg the Bunny, and then there were just shows that, like, one of the shows that you mentioned when you're talking about people being stuck in places. So I don't, with the exception of Arrested Development, I don't really have a tolerance for like unhappy family shows. So like Everybody Loves Raymond is one of the most depressing shows on earth. So I want to shoot myself when I watch that show. Yeah, Married with Children, I put in the I same category. so upset. Did you ever watch... Ta- Raymond hates his life. Oh my God, he's so miserable. He's mean to his wife he's... and his... Mom is so mean, and people are always so sad and, and angry. And at nobody, each other. nobody loves Robert, the the his older nobody brother. Loves Robert. Nobody loves him. Nobody would save him in a fire. It's like it's so upsetting. And like, oh, and there's another show I was thinking of. Did you ever see the show Titus that was on Fox? Remember that one? Yep. Titus was also really Titus, comedian. Yeah, he's a comedian, and I just remember um, the show delved into and like, good on you, you know, talking about uncomfortable things growing up with like a unstable mother but all of the he did these like kind of like um bernie mac did on his show like sort of a breaking the fourth wall where he would talk to camera between like transitions from scene to scene his was what looked like it was in a storage closet and he would like pull this the light on and off and it was just a bulb swinging above him and it was very depressing (laughs) (laughs) and why do i mention all of these things because frazier to me was this like safe space that everything on that show plays like a a, um, a play like theater it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. read at all like real life to me and i found that very oddly comforting personally yeah i mean i think one thing that and also that aspect of tv shows that um oh wait really quick i i have an end to that thought about cheers versus fraser oh yeah go ahead um, so, but like in summary with the Cheers versus Frasier, why is one popular or the other? I just think Frasier was available wider to mm-hmm. the, you know, millennials and Gen Zs or whatever earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's been around for a while. So yeah. people get the references and get the show. Mm-hmm. I think Cheers is on Netflix now. I wouldn't be surprised if like five years from now you start seeing a lot of Cheers content. Oh. Like I know that sounds crazy, but it's like. It's not, Cheers is old, but now that it's on Netflix and all the seasons are there, like, I wouldn't be shocked if, yeah, like, three to five years, you just start seeing more inside jokes that you'd only get if you watch Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the Office goes away from Netflix, who knows? So, uh, actually, I'm curious, with with Cheers in mind, are there other shows that you feel like are going to have a second life somehow, or or will, or or should, other than Cheers, for example? I have no idea. It's so hard to predict. It's cra- like A show like South Park, like everyone's watched South Park, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And But people do not share South Park things on the internet. I mean, like some people do, but you don't see like 
you don't see it everywhere spanning across like generations and yeah, it's just like a show yeah and there's no specific reason why it just mm. kind of isn't something that people think is cool I guess yeah yeah and then maybe like but maybe in like 10 years maybe the show goes off the air maybe you know whatever happens like that might all of a sudden be something that people share a lot and it's just like impossible to predict mm-hmm. but yeah I, I want to answer that what we were talking about before, I don't. I don't think a show is inher- is bad because if it takes place in one setting where the characters are stuck, like right. it's just not for me. Sure, you know. Yeah. But it sounds like you're the same way, where it's just like it's just not the vibe I like from a sitcom. Right. right. And I think Frasier, out of every show that is like that, kind of um, <clears throat> is the least depressing because of you know I I, I love what you said about it's like um like theater and kind of feel separate yeah and i think the nature of the show itself they they openly talk about and think about their place in life and mm-hmm. you know and uh their psychology and um their fears and because they're so open about what's on the inside it kind of makes it i don't know less it's not and like that's not going to happen on everyone loves raymond no they're just going to keep just like floating through life in a miserable way for decades and never really think about it and then you know but um i think at least on fraser it's like they have these anxieties that you have and they talk about them and that's kind of comforting absolutely i you know it makes me angry when i think about the fact that like i I know everybody loves Raymond because, you know, my mom and my grandpa, of like, not surprisingly, like that show. So I, I have, like, I know entire episodes of that show, even though I don't like it. And it just makes me so mad. Um, did you know, actually, this is, uh, uh, my, my boyfriend loves to, to torture me with this because he knows how angry it makes me. There is a, um, a food show on uh, Netflix called Everybody, uh, Everybody Feed Phil. Does this ring a bell mm-hmm. to you at all? So he is yeah. one of the creators of, uh, of Everybody Loves Raymond. He has his own food show. And I know it's because okay. it is self-financed. He has a shit ton of money, therefore was able, oh, yeah. able to make his own traveling food show from money from a show that I detest. And I'm just angry about it, and I just wanted to share that with you. I mean, being part of any of these huge sitcoms mm-hmm. for TV writers is like they get so much money oh. and actors. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But for for me, I, I'm a TV writer now, and I'm like, I need to write on the Everyone Loves Raymond reboot or something <laughs> and then be rich. Right? Like, you, you know, the um, I, I watch... I'm, I'm if you, a... like, watch the Instagram of some of these people who are just, like, minor characters on, like, these long sitcoms, they mm-hmm. are living large. Yeah? Like who? Who's like an, a person? Like a Kevin from The Office kind of person. I'm sure. not, I don't know about him specifically, <laughs> but. Sure. Like you're like, oh, wow. Like Kevin from The Office is on a jet ski 
I mean, when in you're in, when you're something? in syndication, baby, like, I mean, yeah. like I love, I'm a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, and one of the things that I do like about the show is that, and I don't know how much of it is true, but I imagine it to be that, that you know, what what is uh, Larry David or what is somebody in his position with that much money doing with their time? They're putzing around playing golf uh, and going to, I don't know, benefits I, and <laughs> And, and having a large house and, and not much else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's That's a great way of looking at Kirby Enthusiasm of why it works. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not doing much. I get it. I'm like, yeah. And, and I also, I just always um, thought it was so funny. Whatever Seinfeld interview I was watching or behind the scenes thing, basically, either either Jerry or Larry said that when they found out they got picked up for more episodes that Larry's immediate reaction was to be upset because he was like I have to come up come up with more of this and uh yeah. I I mean I imagine to be a TV writer on a show that's scripted I would think would be very anxiety provoking like you know I'm a person who um I love to watch the last episode episodes of shows I've never seen just to be in on what's going on and I watched the, for example I watched the last episode of Lost which means absolutely nothing to me but there's people out there yeah. that are so angry with the way that it ended and it's I'm always like how do they figure out how they're going to end it you know I'm constantly thinking You're talking about to that. someone who loved Lost and believed in it, believed <laughs> in there um, where a miracle was going to happen until 1059 <laughs> or whatever the last minute of the last episode was. I was like they're going to explain everything. I had full faith and when they didn't, Aww. it like it just ruined so much TV for me after that. Where I'm just like watching like they don't have a plan. Yeah. I mean, I just I just don't know if unless you're a show that's going to like like I, you know, I saw the Good Place announced. I think they're ending after the this next season which is four seasons and I think they yeah. mentioned like or Mike sure mentioned that like they knew how this was going to play out. So I feel like that makes sense to me. You can play out four ep four seasons, but I'm like, how are you going to predict what's going to happen in like ten, like nine, ten, eleven seasons? Which um, yeah. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Seinfeld series finale. I was a fan. What about you? Because I know that it is hotly detested. I think that's a word. Uh, hotly criticized. Highly criticized. Right? I think there yeah, are a lot of people that didn't like it. I think it is one of those things where it's like, are you really mad at the story of the finale? Are you mad at the passage of time and mm. your mortality? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. nothing is going to make you happy mm -hmm. because the thing is ending. Right. And they ended it in a, I think, smart, creative way. Um, and I think that's what you have to, like I was thinking recently about the uh, Parks and Rec ending. Mm-hmm. I um, and how they really just went for it and did something insane. Yeah. And how I actually appreciate that. Absolutely. I think it solves some of the problems with endings of shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's so sad to be like, so the apartment's empty now, and now we're all <laughs> going to do something else. Maybe we'll die. I don't know. 
do you do you know that I um and I'm so sad I can't find it, but I I interned at College Humor a, a long 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 time ago, and I. And it's like, I wouldn't say it, it was necessarily funny, but I just made a montage of series finales of shows where like the last shot is uh, somebody leaving an empty house. So things, oh, things yeah. that fell into that, The Nanny, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I think the show with Alan Thicke, I, I don't remember what it's called. Um, uh, but yes, I would say... Growing Pains. Growing Pains. I think Growing Pains was like the uh, somebody putting a like a last picture into a box and leaving. Uh, but you know something silly is going to happen right at the very end. No, nothing. Like someone's going to be like, no, sometimes. Really? No. Like, what, what's I an mean, example you know, of one? Because you, like, didn't, in the Fresh Prince one, wasn't it like someone was still in the bathroom or something? And or, like, you know, like some, there's always like, in my mind, there's usually like a little gag at the very end that's either just audio mm. or someone runs back and forgets something. I could be well, completely making this up. Well, in a way, you um, are describing the f uh, series finale of The Golden Girls. Not sure if you're a fan, um, but I do love The Golden Girls. Huge fan. And one of my favorite slash tear-jerking scenes is the final. Uh, everyone does not move out of the house, but... Uh, Dorothy uh, gets married to Naked Gun Guy. O.J. Simpson. O.J. What? No. <laughs> yeah, she marries O.J. Simpson. Uh, oh, God, and he's on Twitter. And he has so... You know what? Speaking of short attention spans, here's my short attention span. I um, I am not following O.J. Simpson on Twitter, um, but what I have been doing is checking how many followers he has. Um, the last time I checked, he had about 500,000 uh followers and now i'm gonna check is he verified not yet i bet that's coming there, there's a the a bad side of you know twitter of just being like a troll and like just getting people angry he's trolling and it's like uh it's awful okay back to my point um which is um yes i do think mm -hmm. on, in some series finales at the end when people are leaving a location something does funny happen and at the end of uh golden girls I think uh, they're waiting. They're, she, Dorothy leaves, and the girls are like, "Oh, is she gonna come back again and say goodbye?" And then she comes back to to give like a second goodbye, and it's very cute. Um, so yeah, I think we could both be right. I think they're uh, like the nanny. Nothing funny happened at the end, and it is it's definitely overused. I think if you're gonna do the final shot in an empty house, you're something really special has to happen. I don't know what it is. But that's why I liked uh, how Seinfeld ended because they're also just truly terrible people. So I found it very like satisfying to see them be in prison. I, I, and um, did you did you ever watch Broad City? Um, I love Broad, like any episode I watched, but I haven't watched it like through. Well, I only, Does that make sense? I, right. I only mention it because, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's the other thing. I never know what the rules are about ruining TV shows, but I will just say that that was a great series finale. They did a really great series finale. And um, I was a fan of the web series and the, like the last, uh, the last quote, like, line from the show is a line that or in a conversation that alana and abby have in the in the first episode which similarly like uh seinfeld they do the same thing i think i think there's a problem now too where um 
the the internet is always trying to predict how something will end or fantasize about how it will end. Oh yeah. And it kind of like makes it so you the show creators can't do that because the internet already even if it's the best ending. Sure. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, Meme question yeah. for you. So you um were talking about sort of, you know, finding a C-SPAN footage that was just a gold mine of at least one really good meme. Do you feel like there's anything in pop culture, it doesn't even have to be a show, but do you feel like there's something that isn't being memed enough or should be getting some more attention or, you know, has a level of absurdity that people aren't paying attention to? I'll give you an example. I think, okay. although I do find that it has gotten probably a good amount of love at this point, but um, I was a really big fan of uh, MTV's Next and, oh yeah. Yeah, like a like a huge huge fan. I do feel like it got some level of love. I don't think I personally don't feel like it blew up to the level it should have with the sort of co- the title cards uh with the three fun facts about each contestant, which by the way, I believe uh writers wrote those, which makes me feel better because yeah. I find it hard to believe that anyone um is actually that absurd of a person, like the girl that pooped in a cardboard box. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, do you feel like there's anything that should be getting another level of love for its absurdity? I mean, anything I would mention would just be something I like. Very That's okay. Specifically. Yeah. So it would be like, you know, again, a cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers is great. Um, I don't know, actually. That's really tough. I used to, um, I used to think the Simpsons should be you know, represented more on the internet. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then after that, um, Hari Kondabolu, uh, documentary. Right. Yes. Yep. The problem with, with the, I've heard the name of it. It's a problem yeah, with the, the problem yeah. with the, yeah. I think after that and the Simpsons responding in ways that were not so, yeah. uh, exactly great. I saw. But yeah. for some reason, even after, after that, I saw a lot of Simpsons stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what brought it back into mainstream pop culture. Yeah. Um, and I think The Simpsons itself created some kind of GIF generator or screen grab generator that you could just like type in anything and it will come up. Oh, wow. So if you're watching the Democratic debate and someone says something that you're like, oh, that's exactly like what Hans Molman said in that one episode. You could yeah. just type in that and it'll come up and then you could just post it right away. Yeah. I mean, I think you are absolutely right in terms of like, you know, uh, the fact that if Cheers hasn't been on for as long as Frasier, I think that could probably contribute. And it's also kind of crazy to think about, like, there are probably shows that I just don't have access to <clears throat> that if I could, I would be sharing clips. Um, and it's very much dependent on where you can find this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's another huge, huge element of how much did some, is something going to live on in pop culture? Can someone just grab something? You know, exactly. if it's just on DVD, that's right. Like, yeah, you'd have to do a lot of work. But yeah, I think also like the Twilight Zone is my favorite TV show of all time. That's oh. so iconic, has so much imagery. I and love for some reason, Twilight yeah, like Zone. you don't see Twilight Zone everywhere. It's on Netflix. Yeah, but I would love to see the Twilight Zone have more of a life of people remaking things with it and being ironic and being fun and whatever. You know, I'm, I'm um, that gives me hope because I have, I mean, I don't know if you organize sort oh, of. Oh, I'm Martin. You're what? 
Martin. What about Martin? The show Martin should have oh. a resurgence <laughs> in meme world. Oh. Like a huge one. Okay. Is it streaming anywhere? Uh, I'm. Let's see. Oh, I'd have to Google it. All right. It's definitely... It was streaming a few... Yeah. It's a show um, that I never really got to... I Like, I don't know if I ever... No, I definitely did not watch it, and I don't think it was out of choice. I just... I think... Was it on Fox? Like, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. Um, but it's... I'm pretty sure Martin was on Fox. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely... It's definitely got a following. I think it's definitely... Uh, I don't think I don't think it's streaming anywhere, but I um, I feel like it's on it's on one of them that's like a pace Amazon or something. Sure, sure. Um, but revisiting that show, it's like you forget how huge this show was, and I feel like that's another one that's due at some point. You'll see, like have have another big. You heard if me- we're talking about like I'm trying to think of shows in the era of like you know, like 90s sitcoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. That haven't, like, really had, like, a huge, like, people revisiting them. I yeah. feel like that's a big one. That's good. So we'll keep that um, in mind uh, in the future that you made that prediction here um, on this podcast. Exclusively. This brings me back to um, what I think could be a great episode of The Twilight Zone, but also heaven for me, which is being trapped in your favorite TV show. That sounds just wonderful to me I think what to me what would be great is if you just never realize that it's happening over and over and you just like have no memory of it then it sounds great it sounds great to me to be uh is there anywhere that you feel like you could be I mean saying it that you're stuck somewhere just doesn't make it sound fun but do you feel like there's somewhere if you were you had to be uh fictional or not do you think there's anywhere you could be where you could you would not go totally bonkers no. <laughs> um, I remember when I was like, I was a kid, I went to like a Christian church. And when they taught me about the concepts of heaven and hell, yeah. I cried hysterically for days <laughs> thinking, I don't want to live forever. And they're like, no, 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 that's not the point. It's good. I was like, no, I don't want to live forever. Oh my and then God. they're like, so you want to just die? And I was just like, no. <laughs> um, I remember the way, the way they stopped me from crying was convincing me that I, God would put me in a coma in heaven. <laughs> Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, which is very interesting. But to me, if I can be in a sitcom setting Mm -hmm. where I have no memory or or I have no, you know, I I don't know what's really the big picture, Mm -hmm. that I'm just on a continuous loop forever, Mm -hmm. that's fine. That's, to me, the only suitable idea of an afterlife that um, uh, sits well with me. That's heaven. Just get rid of your yeah. memory. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Get rid of them. Get Don't rid need of, them. Get rid of them. Um, and I have, I have a bad episode um, idea pitch to give uh, you. Oh, go for it. Um, a global warming denier turns into a polar bear. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That is very It's high- a bad idea, but that's just fun. It's high concept. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Jesse, for being on. Is there, uh, is there anything that you want to... Uh, plug uh, before we say goodbye not really you can find me on twitter um but that's who cares mick jesse i think it's mick jesse it's great it's great love it 
great, great, because, um, you know, Twitter for me, for everyone, obviously, can be very anxiety-provoking. You know, anything that you're worried or upset about, it's just echoed by thousands of other people. But I feel like your uh, your Twitter account, along with, uh, I just started following uh, We Rate Dogs, uh, is just, yeah. it's, it's nice. It's real nice. It's just like a nice... Posse escape oh my god all i do is is look at dogs on instagram that's that's what's happened um and and fraser all right well uh thank you so much and, and until next time everybody good night seattle tune in for a new episode of i'm listening on november 12th when my guest will be comedian abby crutchfield 